1: Insights were taken over. I'm ready to hear, then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. God, do what you do when you do, how you do it when you do it, because you do it so well. Customize, tailor make this word for us, your people tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, let's go to work. So we're in this series called Dynasty. Say Dynasty. Dynasty, we've learned so far, is a sequence of rulers from the same family. And we've learned that when we become Christians, we're in a new spiritual dynasty so we can create a new natural dynasty just like this guy we've been talking about all series, Abraham. God made some amazing promises to Abraham in Genesis 12, and those same promises, everything God told Abraham he'd do for him, he will do for us. How do you know that, Bishop? Galatians 3.9 says this, so then those who are of faith are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Now, blessed means, watch me, it does not just mean cash, cars, and clothes. I need you to stop reducing God to just thinking that our God is a God of cash, cars, and clothes. Our God is far bigger than material things because you can get material things and still have a messed up mind. You, you, watch me, you can have a nice house and still never have ever experienced what it feels to have a home. You can have a great, watch me, a great social media relationship, and that's the only place y'all can stand one another. Come on. Our God desires for us to be blessed, and to be blessed means that we are empowered to prosper and to be whole. It literally deals with this concept of shalom, where there is nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, and all is well. Notice, shalom doesn't say everything's perfect. It just says all is well. Which means even the stuff that's not all the way where I want it to be, it's still well because I realize it's in process to becoming something better than it was. See, I need to just check the room and make sure there's some people that can celebrate the fact that I may not be at my destination, but I soul see progress. Where the folk that can say, you know what? I'm still headed somewhere. I'm not where I want to be, but baby, I can thank God I'm not where I used to be. And here's the deal. I know you can see my progress, but I get excited because I can see my own progress. Would you lay your hand on yourself and say, you're making progress? You you're not as emotional as you used to be. You're not as erratic as you used to be. You're not as hot-headed as you used to be. You don't keep answering the phone for people you know don't mean you know good like you used to, because you got bored. I need you to open your mouth and say, I'm making progress. This is what the blessing really looks like. It means I see progress because I'm empowered. And whenever I have power, the power has a purpose. So when the scripture says in Galatians 3:9, so then those who have faith are blessed, it says we are empowered. Which means everything you need, you've got. Now what you do with it is on you. Do not get mad at somebody that worked what they had and you just looked at what you had. Don't get mad at somebody that walks in authority and you walk in timidity and you say they're doing too much. Maybe you just need to come up. I wish there were some people in this building that would say, watch me, August was the last month I'm coming down for anybody. Because everybody I meet from September through December, if you ain't at my level, you better come up to my level. Not that I'm perfect, but I am blessed. I refuse to settle. So then those that are of faith are blessed along with what? Abraham, he's called the man of faith. So we learned on Sunday that after promise, God makes him these amazing promises. We'll look at them again in a minute. After promise comes what? Process. And none of us get excited about process. None of us get excited about having to go anywhere. We get excited about where we're going. Have you ever had a great idea? I'm going to go do this. And then as you're getting ready, you're like, hmm. You get get tired all of a sudden. You, You know what? I don't really need it. Let me just Uber it in. I don't. We get excited about, watch me, the end result, but we often are not equally as excited about the process to get there. And I need you to fall in love with the process. Because it's always going to be continual. Because once you get to Canaan, guess what? Now you got to take it over. Canaan was the promised land. For you and I, it's a promised life. Shalom. Once I get there, now I got to cultivate it. See, listen, listen. Don't get excited about about just getting a house because now you got to fill it with furniture. Once you fill it with furniture, now you got to keep it clean. Are you getting what I'm saying? Somebody say, I love my process. Woo! God. See, your process is not like your neighbor's process. Because, see, your process may have involved bad people. Your neighbor's process may have been involved, watch this, bad situations and circumstances. But at the end of the day, we all have a process that we've got to deal with. And that's the only way you're going to get to promise. Say, Lord, I love my process. Here's what most of us do. We cuss at it. We holler at it. We scream at it. We say, why me? Why do I have to deal with this? God, do you hate me? No, I don't hate you. I love you. And because what I promised you so great, that means the gutter you're going to have to go through to get there is going to be equally as great. But I wish you knew you were sitting next to somebody that has fallen in love with their process. Which means if I gotta cry sometime, I'll cry, wipe the tears off my eyes, and I'll get up and keep getting moving. I may have to cut some people off, and it may hurt me for a moment because I really love them, but they don't mean me no good. And I gotta learn how to enjoy and love my process. So, so there were three things that Abram did after God gave him the promise, and this was his process. Number one, I taught you he had inconvenient obedience. God tells him to follow this instruction at the age of 75. When he's supposed to be chilling and relaxing, God says, let's get started. For most, hear me, for most, here's the challenge. You thought that all of a sudden life was going to get to this place where you just were chilling. This is not a guy song. We are not going to chill and settle down because that's what you want to do. I know it. Here's the deal. God says at 75, Abram, it's time to get up and get out of Haran, a dry place. You know this dry place, you're comfortable with this dry place, but you're going to have to exit this dry place. Now, why is that important to understand? Because when you're exiting the dry place, this means, watch me, many times the place has more to do with your mentality than it has to do with the reality of the place. See, people like to blame places on while they are, watch me, passive. Mm. They like to blame places on why they have consistent and perpetual pain. But the truth of the matter is, it has more to do with the way you think about where you're at than where you're at. Because Abram had decided, I'm going to die in Haran. Why? Because my daddy died in Haran. And this is how we live. Now, realizing you are the beginning of something new. What mentalities do you have about the circumstances of your life that you have decided, I'm comfortable, when God is like, I never wanted that? <laughs> so God says, because listen, some of y'all are okay with the emotional ups and downs. Can we be honest? We listen, there, there's, okay. Mm. Some folks are okay with on Monday you're on top of the world. On Tuesday you hate the world. On Wednesday, you're cussing everybody out. On Thursday, you're sending everybody deep love texts. (laughs) I want to thank you for that one time. You bought me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you (laughs) brought me some chicken soup, because that really touched my heart, because nobody's ever bought me any soup. And I asked my mama why she didn't. Dude, come on. (laughs) So, say, inconvenient obedience. So so God's word is full of things that are inconvenient for us to do. Many times you're looking for a voice when you need to find a verse because there's not a lot of scripture that supports the voices you say you hear. God even used an angel to speak to his own mother. So sometimes you got to be careful. I am very leery of people who tell me about all these voices they hear. Oh God. I was doing a show yesterday and... An individual was talking about all these voices that they heard. And I said, But well, can you give me some verses to back up the voices? Because God is not confused about what he said. So if that don't match the text, then what you're hearing is extra textual. That's a UFO, that's an alien baby. You need to take that to Area 51 because it ain't gonna fly here. Extra textual outside of the text. So let's just talk about some things that are inconvenient for us to do. Forgiving people that we really want to hate. Can we have an honest moment? Have you ever had somebody like you wanted to be mad at and like be hateful to it? Like you wanted to be. You're like, you know, I don't want to forgive them. I can't stand them. Oh, skis, I can't stand them. <laughs> That's my end of August word. That's just the word I'm using at the end of August. All right? Right? Watch me. Watch me. You ever had something that's already in the text that God already said to do, that you're like, God, that is so inconvenient. Be consistent, God. Right now, I don't feel like being consistent. Anybody ever had those moments? Sacrificially give? Today? Let me get that to you on the 15th, God. Let me get that to you. Right? How many of us be honest? That that there are things the word already says that can be inconvenient to do. But that's part of your process. If God can't trust you to do that, He can't trust you with what He promised you. And I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, I'm trustworthy. I'm not perfect, but I am trustworthy. If if I fall and make a mistake, I may stay down there for a few hours, but watch me get back up. But somebody watching me right now, you have fallen, and I command you to get back up. You are not going to stay stuck in your dry place of Haran. You're not even going to get stuck in your place of your mistake. I call you out. Y'all still with me? All right. Number two, he built altars at every advance. This was part of his process. Every time Abram advanced, he built an altar. Remember, his name was Abram before, which changed to Abraham, the significance of the H means G- Abram in covenant with Yahweh. YHWH is God's name. The Jews, the Hebrews rather won't out of that name, there's a hand signal they make called the tetragrammaton. So anytime they would say his name, they wouldn't say his name. They would say the name. Because if I say the name, the name has so much power that I can't say the name. So I refer to it as the name because the name has got so much power that at that name, every knee should bow at that name. Every tongue should confess. So I can't even say the name. I just got to show the name. All right. So he built altars at every advance. Every time he advanced in life, he built an altar. What are altars for? Places of sacrifice. Many people, when they begin to succeed, they stop sacrificing. When they begin to advance, they stop building an altar. You see this happen in church. People are faithful when they're struggling. And the moment they think they're good, I ain't going to be able to do that. So you only did this to use and manipulate God? You think, oh, y'all ain't going to you think God is a John? Is that what you did? You? You only did it to get something from him? <laughs> like, God is like, every time you advance, build me an altar. That's what Abraham did. I showed you that. Every time he advanced, he built an altar. He sacrificed, just like he did when he first started. He started with altars, he continued with altars. Here's the question Can you be trusted with the success that you desire? Can you be trusted, here's one, with the relationship you desire? It's amazing to see the thirst that people have for a bay, but they won't give to Jesus. Let her call. Let him call. Let the app say it's time to read the word. i get to that tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Come on. Come on, y'all. I ain't beating you up. I'm just saying, how many of us can be honest that we've been there? We've been there. All right. We've been there. Somebody <laughs> got the T-shirt got the <laughs> all over, right? God says every time you advance, I want an altar. Altars are for sacrifice. This is the third thing that He did. Is He battled His immaturity? Here's what that means. He grew up. Yes, and I showed you this. That in Genesis chapter fourteen, Abram. Y'all still with me, Wednesday? Abram defeats this guy named King Kador Laomer. Kator Laomer's name means what? A handful of seeds. What does that mean, Bishop? It's a large amount that's bound together. He's the king of Elam. Elam in Hebrew means hidden immaturity. So, what does this mean? This means that Abram had to go to battle with all of the issues that had been bound together from years of immaturity. I'm going to back that thing up so you get that thing. You ready? Abram has to go to battle with all of the stuff that's been bound up in him from 75 years of immaturity. And God says, before I give you promise, I'm going to need you, here it is, to overcome you. The greatest enemy you will ever conquer is your enemy. When you can tell you, no, sit down and shut your mouth. Okay, y'all don't like this. this. When you can get you in check, where are the people that say, God, I need your grace to get me in check? Get my mind in check, get my mouth in check, get my movements in check. Say, Lord, give me control over me. So God says, before I give you the promise, Abraham, you're going to have to get you together. I'm going to make you battle your immaturity. Now, here's what's amazing, is that Abram was very rich already, so the promise was never stuff. In Genesis 13, the scripture teaches us he was very rich with livestock and silver and gold, which means God says, do not water me down to stuff, because there's something more important than stuff, and that's the condition of your soul. What profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? I'll be doggone if you get a bunch of money but lose your mind trying to get in it. Hey, y'all ready? I'm about to go. So here it is. Many of your issues, many of our issues with others incubate from our own immaturity. Many of our issues with others incubate. From our own immaturity. If you'll go, just go with me, it's the next one. Many of our issues with others incubate from your own immaturity. Say my own immaturity. What does incubate mean? Th- that means it happens in you. And what happens in you begins to spill out to other people. The truth is, is you're not mad at them as much as you're mad at seeing you in them. It's real quiet right there. huh? I, many of our issues, they incubate. They fester. They grow from our own immaturity. So now I got an issue with you, but the truth is is because I haven't learned how to properly categorize people. <laughs> so now you treat everybody like they are them, but the reality is only them act like that. So only them should have been handled that way. But you treat everybody that way. What, is the, what, did, what did Joab say to David? You love those that hate you. And you hate those that love you. Why, David? Because you're immature. Why are you immature? I'm the king, but you're still immature. I'm a prophet, but you're still immature. Because you never grew up from that day when your daddy at 16 years old didn't bring you in the house to meet with the prophet Samuel. So your immaturity, David, can I preach and teach for just a moment? Your immaturity, David, now is that now you're treating Absalom as if he was you. When Absalom really was against you, but now you're treating him as if he was you. So you end up giving him mercy he doesn't deserve. That's the mercy you wish somebody gave you. I just said a mouthful. Did you guess that? So what is immaturity, Bishop? Immaturity is having or showing the emotional or intellectual development of someone younger. What is the number one thing people like to tell you? They grown. <laughs> How many people in the last eight months you've had somebody tell you that they grown? Okay, Okay. here's the test. How many of y'all, y'all do the hand waving most of your line. How many of y'all, you have told somebody that you've grown in the last eight months? Okay. Look at what immaturity means, not fully grown. Here's what's amazing about immaturity is that immaturity is only revealed in specific incidents. So you need certain things to happen to tell you whether or not you're mature. Come on, you're about to get it. We're about to go there now. See, could it be that what you are angry at is really the thing that's revealing your level of maturity? Could it be that how you handle that phone call you got before church is an indication of your maturity or your immaturity? Could it be that how angry you got at somebody is an indication of your maturity or your immaturity? The answer is yes. So let's go. Genesis 12.1. I want you to see this. Now the Lord said to Abram, here are those promises, you ready? Go from your country and your kindred. Your kindred there refers to who? Lot. And in case you've been absent for the rest of the series, Lot is Abram's nephew. Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden motives. God specifically told Abram, get away from Lot. He's the only one of your kindred alive. You missed that right there. He's the only one I could possibly be talking about. It's amazing how we pray for God to show us red flags. You see the red flag and say, now, Lord, can you show me the red flags? (laughs) What else do you want? Lord, give me a sign. How many more signs do we need? Come on, this is a mature word. Come on. The title of the word is grow up. This is a mature word. Somebody say, I'm growing up. I'm grown. Mm-mm, that's the difference between being grown and growing up. You miss me. It's the difference between being grown and growing up. We have a lot. Okay. Mm. We, we have, it is Wednesday. Listen, we, we have a lot, we have a lot of people who want to tell you how grown they are until it's time to do grown things. <laughs> Like say, I'm sorry because I was wrong. Like say, forgive me because my response was totally out of line. I, I, I must have lost my mind. Whoops, I lost my mind right there. I need you to open your mouth and say, Lord, I'm growing up. So Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred. That's a lot. And your father's house to the land I will show you. Now, remember, in case you're just catching up, his father, Terah, T-E-R-A-H, he has died. He died in Haran. So the last place that, look at me, the last place that Abram saw a man he respected was in a dry place. So his only idea, his only ideology of what manhood looks like is to be sorry. but yet he was 205 years old. Y'all missed the whole connection right there. Which means he aged, but he never matured. Mm. And I pray that as you go through these last four months, that you would not just age in 2020, but you would mature. Somebody say, I'm maturing. I'm not going to handle that the same way I used to handle it. I'm not going to get upset the same way I used to get upset. Matter of fact, I'm committed to smiling more. Come on, that's what mature people do. I'm committed to finding the good even in the bad. Why? Romans 8, Now he makes all things work to... Yeah. The last man he saw he respected died in a dry place. So his ideology of manhood is you age but you don't mature. You stay stagnant so that you can be comfortable. Let's go. Look at verse 1. To a land I will show you. And what do we learn on Sunday? This means I'm going to have to stick with God. This means this mean, God says I'm going to show you. So if I'm going to show you where it's at, I'm not, notice, I'm not telling you where it's at. Because if I tell you where it's at, what you're going to do is you're going to get the information and then you're going to run with it. I'm going to show you so you have to stick with me. Let me show you where the bathroom is. That means I'm walking with you. Let me show you where the kitchen is. I'm walking with you. Let me show you where the guitar is. I'm walking with me. Let me show you where the drums are. I'm walking with you. So God says, I'm going to walk with you, Abraham, because your father never learned to walk with me. He heard my instructions, and he then thought, watch me, that he was exempt from following process. I tried to get Tara, but he didn't want to be God. So I skipped him and picked you. And everybody under the sun of my voice better hear me. You're the one God's picked in your bloodline. You've been picked to be the curse breaker. You've been picked to be the interruption to the dysfunction. For some of you, you've been picked to be the first one that doesn't know death. You've been picked to be the first one that's a seven-figure earner. You've been picked to be the first one that walks with Jesus. You've been picked to be the first one. I know what it is. Somebody said, I've been picked to be first. You're gonna be the first one that doesn't have a miserable marriage. You're gonna be the first one where y'all ain't sleeping in different bedrooms calling that love. You somebody say, I've been picked. Bishop, where are you getting this from that he tried Terah? Well, if you were to go study the genealogy of Abram, you'd learn that where we get our word Hebrew comes from a man named Eber. Eber came before Abram and came before Terah. So if you study the genealogy, you'll see that Eber, which means God says this is who I have picked, but I couldn't get any of you all to do it until I got to Abram. Don't think that just because you're breathing you're living. Cuz God let them breathe but Abram was the first to live. I'm going to throw this mic if you don't open your mouth and give God glory. Listen, there's been people in your bloodline that have breathed and have had breath come out of their mouth, but you're going to be the first one that's going to live. Jesus says, "I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly." Wake up, I'm gonna wake up with joy. I'm not gonna hate my life, I'm not gonna need a life, I need a vacation. From. Somebody say, I shall live one more time. Say, I shall live. Are you ready? It's gonna work. Verse 2 And I will make of you, Abram, a great nation, not Lot, because I see his motives. You're good hearted, Abram, so you think everybody's like you. To the pure, everything's pure. To the defiled, everything is defiled. You, you ever heard somebody say something and you're like, wow, where'd you get that from? I didn't mean nothing like that. Because to the pure, everything's pure. To the defiled, everything's defi- everything. Listen, look at me. Everything has a mixed agenda. Because they have a mixed agenda. Okay, look at verse 2. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And if you remember on Sunday, I walked you through all those definitions, and one of those definitions, if you remember, was this term, grow up. So when God says, I'll make your name great, God says, you're going to be the one that grows up. You're not going to just age, you're going to mature. Which means you might be 20 and be more mature than somebody that's 74. Because they have age but lack maturity. How do you know? Look at how they handle controversy. Mm. Look at how they handle incidents that happen. The only way I can see my level of maturity or immaturity is in incidents. Can we go? Abram, now, now y'all ready for this. Now remember, in Genesis 14, Abram goes to fight this king. What's his name? C- come on, y'all. Some of y'all don't want to pronounce it wrong. It's okay. Cato Laomer. Now, let's remember what his name means. A handful of sheaves, a lot that's been bound together. And he's the king of what? Elam. And Elam means what? Hidden in maturity. How many of you, you thought you were mature until you had a situation that showed you? Mm -mm. Y'all ready for this one? How many of you thought you had gotten over something until God put it back in front of your face? And you were like, shoot, I I don't even think I ever started getting over that. (laughs) Can I get, for those of you on chat, type one of those situations. For those of you in the building, can you just open your mouth and say it, whatever the situation might be, whatever it is. Come on, talk, 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 talk. It's Interactive Church. Talk. Some of y'all are not moving your mouth, but you just raised your hand. Right? Daddy, since I heard you, family, auntie, what did I say? Jaws, Jaws, Jaws. jobs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay, all right, look, so what does God do? Please listen to me. Uh, listen, church, I, I'm going to sound real violent now, but that's because I mean it. <laughs> okay, I love you, but I got to say this real violent. When God wants Abram to finally grow up, what does he do? He sends him into a battle. mm Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you have to have inconvenient obedience okay right you've got to have you got to have what's the second thing got to build altars at every advance but then you're going to have to battle your immaturity so you're going to have to what grow up when God wanted Abram to grow up what did he do he sent him into a fight okay all right All right. What happens next is on you. (laughs) When God says, I'm finally ready for you to mature, what I'm going to send you into is a battle. And you're going to have to fight something. You ready? That's bigger than you. You'll catch it. Here you go, Abram. You're fighting a king which means I'm going to put you against something that's bigger than you so that all of the hidden immaturity that's in you comes out of you so that you can finally conquer it and grow up. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? Whatever you're battling right now, God knows it's bigger and it's bigger on purpose. I wish some of y'all would act like you got some stuff that you're like, Lord, how am I going to deal with this? Can I tell you why he sent it? He sent it so that it can bring out every ounce of his immaturity. Because when you you finish this battle, baby, you're going to be better. I need you to open up your mouth and say, after this battle, I'm going to be better. I need you to act like you're going to be the most mature version of yourself. Watch me handle this like a champ. Watch me head to this like a pro. Look, look, look. Look, look. He's like, it's time to grow up. So I'm going to send you into a battle. Your battle is going to be with the king. I'm going to put you in a battle with something that seems bigger than you. And the purpose of the battle is to show you yourself. Because you won't see you in something that's smaller than you. You only see you in something that's bigger than you. That's why God made David fight Goliath. He said, I need you to see you, David, in Goliath, because you'll never conquer your h- inner immaturity until you have to conquer something that's bigger than you. Y'all still here? All right, so, so let's look. The reason he gets into that fight, I'm about to preach in a moment. I'm just laying the foundation. I only need about six more minutes. This is foundation. You ready? Y'all ready? Let's go. Why is Abram in the battle? Can I tell you why? He's in the battle because Lot gets kidnapped. You're going to catch it in a minute. He's in the battle because of somebody God told him to dismiss. Which means the battle was required so that the next time I tell you to leave Lot alone, you'll do what I say. <laughs> Y'all going to hear me in a minute. Sometimes what you're facing, God, is like, have you had enough of this? Because if two plus two is four and five plus five is ten, what is this? Abraham. I got a, I got a fast walker. Not quite a runner. <laughs> not quite a runner, but almost fast walker. So check this out. Why did Abram remember? Abram took Lot. Can I lay the foundation? Abram took Lot on a journey he was never supposed to take him on. Why? Because of hidden immaturity. He thought, "Who's going to take care of Lot? I'm all Lot's got. Lots a grown man." It got quiet in the church. It was hidden immaturity that made him think, I got to take a lot with me. You ready for this? And here's what I need you to get. Please, if you don't get anything else tonight, get this principle. An issue that's over for now doesn't mean you've overcome it for good. I need y'all to screenshot that, tweet that. That. I need need you to get a Polaroid picture and shake it like a... There's stuff that you thought was over in 19 that God said, "Mm -mm, it's over for now, but you didn't overcome it for good. So I'm going to put that right back in front of your face because this time you're going to mature. This time you're going to win, and when you win, it's going to change you from within. Shut your mouth. (laughs) This time when you win, it's going to change you from within. That's why you're like, God, why am I facing this again? God is like, I know. But an issue that's over for now, i got to run it now. An issue that's over for now doesn't mean you've overcome it for good. How many of you are facing some situations right now where you're like, I thought I dealt with this already? thought I left this in March, here it is August, and this snake then showed back up again. Here it is. I thought I conquered those feelings of depression and anxiety, and I thought I was done with that. Ooh, let me get your business, but right after prayer, something, I wish y'all would be honest with me in this building tonight. I wish you'd be honest with me online. Sometimes it's not. So, Monday night after prayer, Monday night after prayer, um, prayer was good, right? If you miss prayer, go watch, watch prayer every Monday night, one hour, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern. So, after prayer, I was good. I had an amazing day. It was a great day. And then after prayer, this heaviness fell on me. Like, what's me. I hadn't experienced in such a long time. I wish, I wish I wish, I had some honest people in here. That heaviness sat on me. And I was like, what is this? Some of y'all looking at me kind of strange, wise and otherwise. That thing sat on me. And, and I, li- I was like, what? God, what is going on? I said, God, what is this? He said, Son, you just said, don't be surprised if between now and the end of this month, if something old tries to show up. And whenever you see something old show up, it's an indication that God is doing something new. So I got to be honest. Can I be honest? For a minute, I was like, just, it just sat on me. I just sat there. I just, you just sat in the house with no noise. I sat in the house with no noise. I just. And w- watch me. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So I, I did all of what I teach, right? I prayed. I did all of that. And I just sat there. So, and so, and so I picked up the phone and started making calls. said, let me make some calls when nobody answered the phone. I said, wait a minute. What is this? So I'm 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 in the bed ready to go to sleep at 9 15, like I'm a third grader. This is too much honesty for y'all. Let me let me move on. I mean, I'm 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 in the bed. <laughs> it's 9 <9:15. sighs> 15. And so then the enemy starts whispering. And I said, wait a minute. I ain't heard these whispers. For a good minute. I, I wish I had some honest folks. <laughs> and in that moment, I said, oh, so you think that you finna get me to go to that place in my, m- oh, no. I said, the devil is a lie, your mama too. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Sometimes you're too nice to the enemy. Sometimes you need to say, look, I didn't have just about enough. And so I commanded that heaviness to come up off of me. And after a good little minute, all of a sudden I said, wait a minute, I feel good in him. Wow. Well, I said I know how to handle you now because this time I'm gonna win and I'm gonna win from with him. Somebody how I'm growing up. So that, that that lasted shortly, but 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 then the Lord said, He said, Son, I need you to begin to pray this off of the people you lead. He said, I let it hit you first so that you would know what to pray for those you lead. He said because he said because you've been saying these last four, I'm gonna do more. He said, and that's exactly what I'm gonna do. But I need them to battle this last little bit of immaturity that's in them. Please, y'all, hear me, because I need them to deal with this. Of immaturity that's left that wants to throw a temper tantrum that wants to throw in the cloud that says, Why me? I need to deal with this little bit of immaturity that's left because in these last four, everybody connected to harvest is about to see God do more. Open your mouth and shout more. I got to finish because of immaturity, which teaches us that. What's over for now doesn't mean you've overcome it for good. An issue that's over for now doesn't mean you've overcome it for good. So look at this. Genesis 12, God says, don't take Lot. He takes him. Say, hidden immaturity. Genesis 13 and 14, the Lord said to Abram, look at the verse, after Lot had separated. from him. After Genesis 12, the first few verses, God says nothing else to Abram. Until Lot leaves. Some of you wonder why I just read and don't know nothing happened. I pray and don't know nothing happen Because God says, I'm not saying anything until he's gone. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. I'm not speaking until she's gone. Because what you try, what you will do is when I tell it to you, you'll run and tell her. And when you tell her, she'll murder it. She'll kill it. Chill aborted. I need some of y'all to understand the reason you seem so distant from God. is because who you brought in the room with you. And for some of you, I need you to learn how to be in the room by yourself. Because whenever you give a voice to something, everybody can't be in the delivery room. Say after lot. Say after lot. After lot. So Read from him. The Lord spoke. Be like, God, why won't you do this? Why won't you do this? God, I feel so far. God says, Because I am not doing anything with Lot here. For some of you, hear me. The dangerous thing about Lot, please look at me, is that you love them. Lot isn't somebody you dislike, Lot isn't somebody that you don't care about lot is somebody that you love and you think that it's one thing, and the lot is something else.
2: Yeah.
1: So look at Genesis 14, 14. We're going to close it out. So Genesis 14. God says we're going to deal with this lot situation once and for all. We're going to deal with their hidden immaturity Abraham, once and for all. 75 you aged but you weren't mature because at 75 you were still disobeying me so I'm going to have you to mature say I'm maturing so Says Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations and I need you to mature you're going to be the beginning of something new and I can't have you acting like a fool I can't have you wasting what I've invested in you I can't have you squandering all this word you've been saying. You are the beginning of something new. I didn't send you to take sides. I sent you to take over. I sent you to rule and to reign and to conquer and to succeed. so Lot, I've got to help you deal with you. So they come and tell Abram, hey, somebody kidnapped Lot. This is the only family the Bible records that they kidnapped from Sodom and Gomorrah, King Cato Loomer and others. And when Abram heard his kinsmen, notice they still don't call them family. Cause just because they have a need does not change their category. You missed that. Just because they're in a tough situation doesn't change their motives. Just because they sent you an apology text doesn't change the fact that their heart still ain't. I can forgive you, but that does not mean we have fellowship. When Abram heard that the kinsmen had been taken captive, he led forth trained men born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. So what happens? He hears that Lot's been taken. So he takes these men and he goes to fight. Let's skip down to verse 18 for the sake of time. What ends up happening is they end up winning. Somebody say they win. They they, they end up winning, they, they, they beat these guys down. I mean, with 318 dudes, Abram, he takes down kings with 318 men. Some of you are like, how am I going to beat this enemy? The same promises God made to Abram. The same promises God made to us. Which means I don't care how insurmountable what you're facing is. If Abram took down kings with 318 men, whatever you got, somebody shout, it's all I need. Woo! I need some of y'all to just get a little bit more confidence about your God because you forgot the greatest thing you got going for you. Whatever you got to deal with whatever you're facing, it is all you need. Say, so I've got what I need. <laughs> Verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Satan, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. This Melchizedek is an early representation of Jesus before we called him that. Melchizedek just appears in the scripture. He has no natural mother or father. He's a king and a priest, just like Jesus. Just like us. For my Bible students, you know this. That Jesus is a priest after the order of who? Melchizedek, not Aaron. Why is that important? Because this right here explains something to you. That before Jesus ever stepped in the body, we knew him as Yeshua Hamashiach. He shows up to Abram in the form of King Melchizedek. And the first thing he brings out is communion. Come on. He brings out bread and wine. He says, Abram, you just had a great victory. So what does Abram do that he's always been doing? He builds an altar. Come on, y'all. I need you to read this Bible with me. He builds an altar. And who does he go to after he gets a victory? He goes to God. Come on. He goes to God. Every time he advanced, he built an altar. And look what the word says in verse 19. And he blessed him. What did he do? He goes to Melchizedek and Melchizedek blesses him. The only one with the authority to bless at that time was God. God says in Genesis 12, and I will bless you, and you shall be a blessing. In Genesis 14, once Abram battles his immaturity, God says, I'm so proud of you. Let's have communion. In 2,000 years, this is going to be my blood and my body, but right now, it's just bread and wine. You'll catch it in a minute. Watch me. Y'all still here? And he blessed him. He says, now let me bless you. He says, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Who were the enemies? King Cato's own. What is King Lady Orme? Cato What is that? What enemy did God give into Abram's hand himself? Let me back that thing up so you get it. And he blessed him. Say, I'll be blessed when I beat my immaturity. See, for some of y'all, God just wants you not to say nothing this time. For some of y'all, God just wants you not to send the email this time. For some of y'all, God just wants you to hold your mouth this time. For some of y'all, God just wants you not to respond to the text this time. But y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. God says, when you battle your enemies, he says, blessed be Abram, God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. Verse 20, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. What was the enemy? King Cato and Laomer. What is King Cato and Laomer? Hidden immaturity. What did Abram actually battle? His own. So how did Abram get blessed when he conquered himself? What you're facing right now? This victory is an internal one. I wish I had some honest folk here. I got to finish with time. And Abram gave, uh-oh! They had communion. They had a word. And they had offering. You'll catch it in just a second. But I need to catch real fast out of time. When Abram finally beat this victory. And finally dealt with his own immaturity. Abram says. And the king says. Here's communion. Here's the blessing. And Abram says, and let me be sure I give God his. Because watch this. Here's your shout. When I beat King Cato Leomer, I get to take all of his stuff. I couldn't read you the verses that talk about the spoils, but see... What's happening for you is the battle you're facing, the reason it's bigger is because you've been praying God put something big in my hand. But when you began to pray that, God says, I'm going to put something big in your hands, but it's going to come my way if you're dealing with a big enemy. And that big enemy is going to make you confront your own immaturity, but you get ready to collect something
0: tell you to open your mouth
1: and say, I'm about to collect that. There's some spoils that I've been owed that I am about to collect. Immaturity stole some money last year. You're about to get that back. Immaturity stole some joy last year. You're about to get that back. Immaturity stole some peace last month. You're about to get that Stolen. Taken. Seized. Somebody say, I'm getting that back. Look at Genesis 15 and 1. I just need you to see this and I'm done. Are you getting anything on this night? I need you to change how you're facing this. Because this is about your immaturity. This ain't even about them. This is not even about them. Or it. Or that. Or they. It's about What happened? He grew up. He honored the man of God. He gave faithfully. Did you just read that? Say, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram. I am your shield. He says, now that you've gone through your process, you inconveniently obeyed, you built altars at every advance, you battled your immaturity. So here's what I want you to know, Abram. I'm your shield. So he's my shield. That means I'm your defense. You wanna know why, when the Bible talks about spiritual armor, it doesn't have any for our back? It is because we're never supposed to be running from something. God says, I'm your shield. I got your For every runner, the reason you keep getting stabbed in the back is because you leave it exposed because you're in the wrong position. I am your protector. Say, he's my protector. I am your scaly hide of a crocodile. I was at the uh, aquarium the other day, one of the aquariums in in, in the city. And when I was there, they had these little things, and they looked like crocodiles to me. They were little caiman. I said, but it looks the same to me. Then I looked at the differences. And I said the differences are so nuanced that you'd have to be an expert on what the crocodile is to be able to distinguish between that a caiman or perhaps an alligator. I know it's the snout that's different, but to the layman, if I'm looking at the snout, I'm not really paying attention to the snout. I'm just paying attention to the mouth, the teeth, the ferociousness, the hide. Please hear me. God says, "Here's what I'll be to your enemy." I will be the scaly hide of a crocodile to them. What does that mean? I'm impenetrable.
0: When you finally
1: mature, what they shoot at you never gets through. What they throw at you never gets through. When they send you crazy messages, it never bothers you. When they mess with you, it never gets through. When they try to talk about you, it never gets through. When they tell you, you ain't gonna beat nothing, it never gets through. When you even feel like it's not gonna work, somebody say, it's not getting through this time. Here's this next thing, I gotta finish, I'm out of time. I am your shield. Here's the next one, your word. By the way, these are the definitions in Hebrew. Your reward, say so he's my reward. That's the money. Money, dollar dollar bills. Well, I'll get back to you. Say he's my reward. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I'll take both. Amen. Praise God. It's the blessed section over there. Let me hold some. Listen. Check this out. What does if I look at me? What does compensation mean? God says, you've worked. Labored, you've suffered, you've been through something. What can I give you for everything you've been through? Let me compensate you for the damages that you've been through. I want to be your reward, your compensation for all of the suffering and the pain and the heartache so. God says I want to make sure that I pay you back for everything that you went through watch me and what you were going through was to make you better but I'm going to pay you for what you had to go through to make who couldn't serve a God like that I need some of y'all to hear me in these next four you might need to open you a couple of new bank accounts why God says I am your reward I'm your compensation, which means I'm going to make sure you're paid back for everything you had to go through to make you better. I need you to put a praise on that right there. And this is bigger than money. So he's my compensation. Just in case you're wondering how big is it going to be, Bible. If you will inconveniently obey, build altars at every advance, follow your immaturity, what is it going to be? Let's go back. My scripture here, thank you. What is it going to be? It shall be what? Very great. What's very great mean? increase, enlarge, excel, multiply. This ain't addition, this is multiplication. And sometimes to multiply, God first divides. I need you not to get stuck in your haran. I need you not to get stuck in your immaturity. Because what's getting ready to happen for you, the Bible says, I am your reward and it shall be very great. Shall very great. Shall very great. Shall very great. great. Say very great. Listen, 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 listen. The last part of the message way over time. Say after these things, after you inconveniently obey, after you build an altar in every advance, and after you battle your own immaturity, your compensation. So be very great. I'm gonna increase you, enlarge you, I'm gonna make you excel. Uh-oh, just heard something. You better get ready to be number one in your office. You know who I'm talking to. But you're about to be the top performer for the next four months. if y'all will to loose me up, I can prophesy of it. Because this is bigger than just money. Because you better get ready. Watch what's getting ready at large for some of y'all. These family members you've been praying for to get saved, you're... in these next four months, you ain't going to have to invite them to church. They're going to text you and say, I'll meet you there. I... You ready? You ready? Say, very great. Look, I got to quit. Very great. The last definition means, you see it on the screen? Grow up. Look at me. So Abram dealt with Lot again. Not for Lot. But to battle his own immaturity. Facing something right now, I need you to do a hand wave emoji on the screen. Did you to raise your hand in this building where you are dealing with this, but this is not the first time you've dealt with this? Whatever this is, you see, the second time is not about them or it or they, it's about you. And here's the last line, and if y'all can't shout off of this, I don't know what'll make you shout when mm. we grow up. Mm. It's on the screen. God pays up. When you stop blaming everybody, when you grow up, God says, Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey,
0: congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator.